Welcome to the Beyond Belief podcast. We're glad you decided to listen to us today. We have designed this podcast to have a practical conversation about Christianity. Our goal is to make this show relatable, realistic, and relative. We will bring you the gospel of Jesus Christ so you can apply it practically to your life. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, welcome to the show. It's the Beyond Belief podcast. This is your host, Bill. Alan, buddy, 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 buddy. What's up? My chair keeps falling and it's squeaking. Yeah. So now I can't move. It's all the way. Yeah, you're not lying. (laughs) And not wait like wait times. (laughs) It's like wait like this thing's about to bounce. Uh, Well, we're glad you're back for another season and another episode. Uh, In this episode, we want to talk about how do you spend your time? How indeed. Uh, what did you say? You said idle hands. Idle hands are devil's workshop. Yep. Yeah. That, that is that's, so true. It is. And so yeah. is idle time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm not going to get into too much of, uh, the nitty gritty. Jeez, this chair, I'm about to take, spin it upside down and spray something on it. Right. But I don't have any, any of that. And I got to sit down. Yeah. Uh, the idle time, I will tell you the most uh, the most distracted in a sinful way that I ever was, was because of a lack of things filling my time. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So in, in you know, there's no need to go into detail. Sin, uh, sin abounded. So, and I'll, so I'll say this, if you know, I don't even know, this doesn't even add up to what we're talking about, but if you know that you're going to have issues with, with downtime, then you should plan on not having downtime. Right. I guess this kind of fits. Uh, yeah. How do you spend your time? Yeah. Then <laughs> you should be spending we, it wisely. We actually spend it more now glorifying God. Yeah. Oh man. Um, and trying to be in his will than we did prior to that. Yeah. It's still hard for me. Uh, downtime is still an issue for me. Uh, and I don't, I don't mean an issue at, at that level, but it's, it's still, I, I like to keep busy because right. I know, I know what can happen yeah. with the lack of things in my time. So I'll, I'll say this, uh, I wanted to do, I wanted to talk about this in this episode only because, um, at a conversation with my in-laws not too long ago, uh, and, and long story short, there's a lot in that conversation. It was a couple hours. But one of the things in that conversation that I began to think about is what, what we're doing with our time uh, to glorify God. I'm not talking about all the other stuff. I think, I think you and I talked about this, and I don't even remember when. Uh, maybe the season two teaser episode. Anyways, I told you that uh, I was involved in a survey or a process at a job that I had that wanted to know, like, how much, where, yeah, <laughs> where we were spending all our time that was last season. Yeah. And I was bad. I was all fired up and you worked like 20 hours. I mean, 20, 20 minutes a day. Yeah. It, when it came down to it, I was like, geez, we really don't do that much. I should keep my mouth shut. <laughs> right. Uh, but anyway, so I got to thinking along that same lines back then, man, like I, I established a yearly plan. I did a biannual plan, uh, once every six months and then every quarter, and then I did uh, goals I'd like to achieve every month and then daily and weekly 
objectives. And I mean, I was over, I was over organized, but anyways, I got to think and think about our breakdown of time. Where do we spend during a day? Where do we spend our most time? Where do you think? Um, think about night too. Okay. Being entertained or sleeping. You spend a bulk of your time. Not you. Uh, yeah. The people. S- nah, we don't. People, we, you yeah. and I are, we're unusual. To, um, to most least. Pe- well, let's just, let's just do this for 24 hour day. You let's just say on average, people sleep between six and eight hours. Yeah. All right. So you're leaving. And if I give you a, uh, the benefit of the doubt, we'll say seven. So you have 17 hours left in your day. Give you an hour for lunch, dinner and breakfast. Okay. So that's 10 hours already out of the day. Mm-hmm. So you have 14 hours left. Let's say you work an eight hour job. All right. Yeah. So there let's, let's call it seven just for whatever. You're down to seven hours left in that day. Right. How many hours are in the day? 24. 24. Yeah. Right. What's half of that? Half, that's 12. Right. So you're already down to less than half of your time Yeah. Uh, is left. You're right. at seven hours. So you're yeah. almost half of that. So anyways, and when you think about like chores, responsibilities, kids, things like that, you, let's add in another hour. You're down to six. So now you're at a quarter of the time. Uh, I'm sorry, half of the rest of your time. You're not even spending that time. Right. Three hours of church. Right. So we'll give you that one. Three hours and 10 minutes. Well, three hours and 10 minutes. Right. A week. Uh, If your church holds service three times a week. Anyway, so you're down. You let's, let's just say you spend an average of five hours a day. An average that's prayer time, Bible time. That's still way less than half of your time is spent. Right. Uh, doing things for the Lord. As a believer, you're called to do that. You're called to serve. So anyways, I, this is, this is where I'm probably, uh, getting edgy. There's a lot of pe- a lot of people that go to church that don't spend that much time, five right. hours a week yeah. or a day. Uh, when you add it all up and well, you can't even say five hours a week because three of those are added up. It's too many numbers. I'm going to say, let's, let's say you spend an average of six hours a week, uh, in your religion. Not not your relationship. Let's say religion. That's everything. That's Bible reading, prayer, six hours a week. That's so, so much less than the time that God deserves in your life. Definitely. How many, do you think there's, uh, I meant to, I meant to share the stat, but anyways, do you think that the people that attend church, uh, because, and I'm only looking at that group because I know that they're more centrally located, focused on their religion because they're actually in church. Right. Um, and that's not a broad brush. That's just, I'm using that as an example. Do you think that they're in their religion more than six hours a week? On average, no. Right. Yeah. yeah. There may be times when they get back to it or... uh so, well, there's a lot of people that go to church those three hours and 10 minutes a, a, a week and that's it. Yeah. They don't, yeah. they're not on their knees at all ever. Yeah. They're not reading the Bible because they are going to get fed by the preacher and that's the, okay. Actually, if you think about it in I realistic it. terms, I gotcha. you did. <laughs> if you think about it in realistic terms, 
right there eating. You're going to church to be fed, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you only eat naturally twice a week? No. So how is it? If that won't, if eating your a meal two twice a week won't sustain your body all week, how is going and listening to the preacher two days a week going to sustain? Your no, spiritual it's life—it's not going to. You have exactly. to. You have to feed yourself every day. Yeah, yeah. And, Good point. Um, the you you should be eating every day, and yeah. church should be the dessert. Yeah, I remember Absolutely. you said that a long time yeah. ago. Like that, we, our meal should be something that we chew on every day yeah. through prayer and God's word, and and the ben- the other benefits of that. Uh, our relationships we have with other Christians where the phone call is talking about something Christ has done in your life. What, what can I pray for you about? I mean, just a Christ centered conversation, right? Yeah. Not meaningless, uh, stuff that people will sometimes put into a conversation. Uh, Yeah, I guess. Right. I mean, I'm trying, I'm, I'm not trying to be negative about it, but I mean, there's a lot of talk, uh, that people have, it's just not Christ centered. Now, listen, I like talking to my neighbor. Yeah. Uh, we talk about stuff, cars, uh, right. he rebuilds motors and stuff and does a, a lot of work on cars. Uh, but I know he sees the change that God's done in my life. Right. Right. I'm not going right. over there drinking like I used to. I don't go over there and curse and do, a, you know, and talk a bunch of negative stuff. We just have good conversations. And once in a while, once in a while, I pop in the old seed. Yeah. I drop the old seed. So you're just a good right. dude, huh? Yeah. You know, that that kind of stuff. No, I don't really say it like that. But well, here's the thing, Bill. Billin. <laughs> uh, so, Bill. <laughs> so we all know the right things to do. Yeah. You know, for instance, if you want to get good grades in school, if you want to advance in your job, if you want right. to go to college. Oh, uh, yeah. See where it's going. If if there's there are things that we know higher that education. we need, higher education yep. there are things that we know we need to apply time to to get better in yeah so how can a person be like well I went to church you know three hours and ten minutes last week I'm good <laughs> yeah I'm I'm str- I'm straight I don't need anything else I don't need to be on my knees I don't need to be praying because I went to church that man. Is leading me. Well, the best preacher in the world can only take you so far. Yeah. Um, and that is not going to be to heaven if you don't experience those. Here's the thing. We had talked about in our last episode about um, truly having your salvation. Well, how are you going to know if you truly have your salvation if you don't have a relationship with Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to give you that assurance and to pray? Yeah, that's right. How are you going to know? You can't. And we we all know to take bad things out of our lives. Yeah. Okay, so if you're overweight. Why are you um, looking at me like that? Well, because you're overweight. But anyway, (laughs) so am I. But if you're overweight... um, if you have a drinking problem or if there's anything bad in your life, we know to take that out of our life. We know, okay, so I'm 200 pounds overweight. Um, I need to change some things. You cannot, it's, it's, 
It's thinking that there's a genie that's going to help you lose weight right. without you changing anything nah. within your lifestyle. So it's the same genie that's going to get you into heaven if yeah. you don't change what your what your habits are. Take the bad stuff out, put the good stuff in. Well, and here's here's the thing. I know I got sideways with the hours and things like that. I just was trying to make a point that we don't put God uh in our lives enough, uh, where we could. And like you're saying, so, so when I worked at this job, uh, it was, it was 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. Oh, absolutely. And that normally happens, right? Like you get in there and you got these people, they just work hard. Uh, you know, they're, they're motivated. Uh, the same happens with your, with your, with, with your relationship with God, you know, you can't look at what everybody else is doing as the plan for you. It has to be based on where you want your relationship to be. And I'll, and yeah. I'll be honest with you, man. You know, I thought I was good before I was one of those. I was one of those yeah. that went around and was like, yeah, I'm good, man. You know, just be a good person. And yeah. yeah, I'm doing bad things, but as long as I don't get caught, you know, I'll be all right. Yeah, like, absolutely. You know, no harm, no foul kind of theory. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that doesn't work. So right. with with this 80, 80, 20, you know, 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. The problem with that is everybody is reaping the benefits of that in a, in right. an, in a work environment. So the 80% is never motivated to do more. Right. They're and not. Actually, that's great. That's a great point because, uh, I think a lot of people have the, the attitude that they, if they are collectively in a group, that's right. They're going to go to heaven as a group. Like, yeah. hey, that guy's doing. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a in club. Bible all the time. He's reading. He's praying. And I'm part um, of that group. So yeah. So hey, I'm I'm guilty by association. Yeah. Um, blessed by association. There you go. That's a better word. I'm blessed by, so I've been guilty yeah. by association. <laughs> yeah, because that, came, that just came out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I'm blessed by association. You know, it says in the Bible that we, we, um, we don't have to answer for the sins of our, of our children, nor do the children answer for the sins of their parents. But, you know, in addition to that, we are not going to reap the rewards from our parents relationship with Jesus Christ. Right. You know, so, um, we are not going to be blessed by association. We're going to go to heaven because, um, we go to this certain church and we have this certain preacher or whatever. If we don't have that relationship, um, and and first of all, like back to the beginning, I said, you truly have to have your salvation. There's no way to know that you truly have your salvation without a relationship. That's right. Because no man can tell you, oh yeah, you're good. Man, you come to church, you drive the bus, you, you know, all you help the old people cross the street, you're pushing the wheel. Nobody can say, okay, because right there is a works-based salvation. Right. Hey, you're, right? you're doing all this stuff, so you're good to go. No. You might as well be Catholic. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, look, here's the thing. And we're talking about uh, what do you do with your time or how do you spend your time? It, we and we've touched on it a few times. It, it's not it's not a checklist. There are things that you I'm, I'm in constant thought about God during the day. 
Like I'm in constant thought, either I'm reading the Bible, looking up stuff. I've made that decision to serve God. Like I've made that decision. I could make a decision to go out and, uh, you know, I don't know, take up a hobby outside and, 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 and do that. But this is a decision I made. You said this before, and I've said it, you can still glorify God through your job, through a hobby, through you decide how you do it. You decide, you know, I mean, now it it doesn't work out the same for a non-believer. So a non-believer that says, Hey, you know, I want to do all this, but I just really don't want to tie into all of that. All of that meaning the religion part of it, church, reading the Bible, uh, developing religion into a relationship. The the non-believer doesn't go that far. Right. And and that's the downfall is that they're going to be the person that uh, they're not going to have that relationship with God. They're not going to get anything else from it as far as bringing, and it's not a, it's not doing something for something. It's doing something because of something. Yeah. Like you are working in that relationship because you have that relationship because you've decided you can't live your life on your own. Right. And I don't know that part, that part probably doesn't really make a lot of sense. My, my issue is, well, sometimes God decides for us that we, need to realize right. that we can't live our lives on our own. And he puts us in situations that's like, okay, you need to change. Yeah. You're going to change yeah. or you're not. You're going to go do your own thing. My thought process so. was a non-believer that sits in church. Okay. that comes to church and sits in church to uh, add value to the participation. They're right. there participating. Maybe they don't understand salvation. Maybe, and I don't know. Listen, you and I saw it a bunch of times. People that weren't saved coming to sh- church on the regular. Yeah. Like they were coming in. We would see the people and and it was at every time they were asked, you know, if you have your uh, salvation, uh, you know, come up and, you know, whatever, however the speech goes. Yeah. But we would sit there and I would see these folks in church and they weren't saved. Right. And I was thinking, what, like, what's, what's the wall? Right. Like what's holding them up? You know, they're in an environment. It's not like they went to an environment with a bunch of non-believers. Right. They're in an environment with believers. Like what right. was the, what was the thing holding them up? Uh, so anyways, that was my 80, 20 analogy. You had there, you took maybe 20% of those folks aren't, aren't believers Right. And they're in a congregation with 80% of the people that are. You're right. Why aren't they, why aren't they at the point of salvation? Yeah, I don't know. That's a great point. Absolutely. There are a lot of people that sit in churches weekly that. I went off on a completely. That's cool. Side tangent. That's what we do. That's how, uh, that's how we roll. So anyway. Get me back on track. There are a lot of people that sit in church week after week that have no desire to really have a deep relationship. They just have yeah. the religion because it makes them feel good. Oh, I know. The, so they're ahead, wasting their time, really. I mean, honestly, no, I don't, uh, I don't want to say they're wasting their time. If they never progress past religion and sitting there, they have wasted their time. But if at one point they, um, see the need and they feel the desire to have that deep walk with God, 
then it was worth everything. Yeah. I, you said time and that sparked why my whole side road thing happened. You can go into church and you can spend that time there checking off the religious box. You can drive the bus for a church. You can be involved in Sunday school or a discipleship program. But if that's where it stops, yeah, you're, you're limiting your time only in it. You're not going out of your way, right? You're showing yeah. up. Yeah. You're showing up and you're, and you're doing something for the church because you're there. Yeah. Right. But if you're not going your way uh, out of your way on the outside, then are you really putting your time for God's glory outside of something you would already do? And that's the way I look at it. I see people and here's, here's an example. I see people that show up at church because it's what they do every Sunday and Wednesday. Right. They show up at church. Yeah. They come, they bring the Bible, but do they really is that where they feel they've topped out at? A lot of people. A lot right. of people so, don't know there's more. Right. Well, they've got to know. That's a huge Bible. Like, there's a lot more to it. If they never read it, they never know. Right. Well, and so here's my thing. So that brings up, what do you do with your time? Yeah. Right? So reading the Bible should take up a lot of your time. Yeah. It should be instead of, you know, my wife likes to, she's going to kill me. As usual, I should already be dead by now. So there should there should be things that I feel she should put her face in front of, uh, other than books and some movies and shows that she likes to watch. Um, and for and for me, that doesn't always work for her. Right, right. It's not what I want her to do isn't it, or what I feel she should be doing isn't the way it works. Right, right. She has to be led to do that. Yeah. And now I see more and more that it wasn't in my timing. It was in hers and God's timing. Yeah. Um, but her time, her time, she now spends more time in that, in that, uh, in that relationship with him. Right. Not, not out of it. And that's when you say, when you say, you know, people, people just don't know. Well, they're in church. Right. How do they not know? Because there are a lot of superficial churches. They're like, hey, you got your salvation. You're cool. Yeah, keep on coming back, you know, and whatever. Because there's not, there's a lot of churches actually that don't have any discipleship program. They don't have somebody to take the new believers and be like, hey, you know, this is not as, it's not an easy thing. It's a rewarding thing, your salvation. And, establishing a relationship yeah. but a lot of people they go they uh, get baptized and they you know a month from after that point they're sitting there thinking well i really don't feel any different now it's not for everyone there are a lot of people that get baptized and they're so open and they're so thankful that it does happen they do start feeling yeah. different. Yeah. But there are some people that they they truly desire it but they um don't understand the process. Right. And they don't have anyone right. to explain the process as far as growth and really starting to feel, you know, getting in tune with the Holy Spirit. I've said this before and I and I truly and I think it. Man, I'm, I hate that this thing is squeaking. I I promise you I'm going to put a quart of oil in it. Is that what is that what we do with squeaky chairs? Yeah. So I, I think about this all the time, man. You have to have desire. 
Exactly. Like you can't, you can't want something for somebody else as bad as we do for like our kids, our spouses, for, 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 uh, family members. You can't, they have to have that desire. Like if somebody's there, I often wonder, like we just asked, like what stops them? Like they're there. Like what stops them? Was it not explained right? Do they not have the understanding? Do they lack the information? Are they not reading their Bible? Like there's a lot of stuff. Like why don't people readily accept Christ? Yeah. And I think a lot of that is the desire. The desire has suffered. If you had the desire for a relationship with God, what would you do? Oh, I would, I would be in the Bible. I would be praying. And here's the thing. When you don't have the desire, that's the best time to pray for God to instill that desire and to instill the hunger for his word. And he will that. Yeah, I know. I know from experience. Right. He will. Right. I told you for a long time. I didn't feel like I was like, what's this Holy Spirit? Like what's. Yeah. Because I felt like I wasn't. It wasn't that I wasn't. I didn't desire to listen. I just didn't, I didn't understand. Like I didn't know I I didn't. And so things like that happened, but it wasn't for lack of desire. Right. It wasn't like I was like, well, I really, you know, and that's what I'm thinking. There are a lot of people that have that true desire, um, but they don't have someone to be like, Hey, this is the way, you know, that this, these are the steps. This is what you need to be doing. You need to be in your Bible. You need to be praying. Um, one of the first things you pray for is the, um, the understanding yeah. and the desire to have the word, um, just be consumed by wanting the word. Um, I think it has, I think, I think, I think a lack of desire can also do the same thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But what I'm saying is there's a lot of people that do have that desire, but they don't have the guidance to show them. Yeah. So, but it's, it's kind of interesting because it's, there's only a small step though. Um, because once you pray for the, the, the Holy spirit to indwell that desire within you, um, and, you you are open to the Holy Spirit, then you're going to learn. Yeah, you know it's not like somebody has to guide you. Well, that's an right. That's an encouragement for based years. Off your desire. You're right. It's right. it's it's a small window. If people just got these few steps, you know, getting in tune with the Holy Spirit, uh, having the desire to be in God's Word, everything else will take care of itself. Yeah, yeah. honestly, I mean, the Holy Spirit's going to guide you, and the word of God is our guidebook for life. Yeah. This, so, this desire isn't like, and I don't mean you have to show desire by works. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah. not saying, well, they lack the desire because they're not involved in the bus ministry or right. they're not involved in an outreach program or that's not what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about a desire to be in a deeper relationship with God based yeah. on their salvation. Exactly. Yeah based on the fact that they're, they're called at that point. Now I'll say this. I said this before people, the heads are going to fall off their bodies. Uh, I believe, and this isn't a blanket statement. This is uh, based on my experience. I believe uh, 
I believe there is a drive for attendance, right? Yeah. I believe here's, here's the way I see it. Now, listen, if you, t- you can tell me after this, if you want me to strike this from the record, <laughs> no. but here's how I feel, right? You start with a core group, yeah. uh, in, in a membership, in an organization, yeah. call it a church, right? So you start a membership under this core group and those members go out and seek new members. Right. They tell people about their church. They tell people how great it is, how it's, uh, how it's new, it's up and coming. And now you start to have attendees come in. Now they could have, uh, they could already be saved from somewhere else. They're, yeah. you know, transplants or whatever. They're looking for a church. Uh, a majority of your new uh, attendees in a church, a majority of those are going to be unsaved. They're going to be people that are visiting that have no idea what this religion is all about. Right. Um, and a lot of, maybe it's 50, 50, maybe it's more than that. Maybe more of them are saved. Here's the thing. There's such, there's such a desire to have people attend church. Right. But a lot of times that can be for the wrong reason. Yeah. It can be severely for the wrong reason. And what happens is you make people, here's my, here's where I'm going. You get people in there and they have no, generally no general knowledge of what's supposed to happen in church. So they take what it is for what it is. Yeah. They get in there. They, you know, Hey, do you have a Bible? No. Okay. Let's get you a Bible. You get a Bible, right? They do a short discipleship program because they're a new person coming to church, uh, or they're working on their salvation. Uh, I say working on it, but they're, they're trying to get them the information and make the right decision to turn their life to Christ. When that happens, it stops, right? Your time, the stuff that you were doing at that point stops your time, you know, you, and, and now you kind of drift off. You're not doing as much as you were. Right. You're not involved in as much as you were in the beginning when the desire was there. Right. Uh, and that's the amazing thing though. Um, when you're in the word and you pray for that desire, that hunger that will come. But then the more you get into the word, and you have that hunger and desire, the more it's going to grow. It just perpetuates. So it's going to grow. So you, there's going to be a point when you know that you know what you know. Yeah. And nobody can um, detract from that. Right. Right. So the knowledge, that's, that's how we should spend our time is gaining more knowledge and it increases over time. Yeah. Biblical knowledge. You know? Yeah. So it's not, a, it, that's the problem. I think a lot of people and, and Tina, we talked with Tina um, the other day and um, you know, a lot of people don't realize there's a process. They just wake up, you know, the day after they were baptized and be like, well, Everything's the same. I have the same desires. I have the same thoughts. I do the same actions, whatever. I got baptized. Why didn't it go away? Yeah. Because no one set, no one sat them down and was like, Hey, you know, salvation is an instantaneous thing. Right. Once you make that decision, but the relationship is a process. Well, salvation is an instantaneous decision, 
based on the individual receiving the proper information. Yeah, exactly. Right. So they, you know, and a lot of times it's referred to as sharing the gospel with somebody or leading them to Christ. Right. You, you it's very hard without somebody explaining what it all means to accept Christ because you don't understand it. Right. So, and that's instant. Your heart has to be open to it. You have to decide, you know, and, and there's many ways that that happens, but anyways, I go ahead. I asked you this before. So from the time that you called out to Jesus to come into your heart and you received your salvation from that point, how long was it before you started recognizing the presence of Jesus in your life and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I think I recognize God. Uh, I mean, I know I did because I, you know, I've told this story about my wife and I being outside. Yeah. Uh, I felt, I felt reassurance from God. Let me, let me rephrase that. I felt okay. reassurance from God. I was in a brokenness that I don't know as if I could determine. Now, once I, once I made an effort, uh, to read and pray and really be diligent in my part of my relationship with him. Then I could say, I started to see where, uh, you know, I would I'd like to say I would see changes, but then I put myself as the person that makes the determining factor of what those changes are. And I knew God was present in my life. Uh, the day after, uh, you know, I fell on my knees. And the only reason I say that is because, uh, I had a lot of brokenness going on, but I would say within the month I could feel like, uh, man, dude, I mean, I just have, I have a binder full of things I prayed for and that, yeah. uh, and they weren't, you know, they weren't material and trivial. They were, right. you know, and I, and I truly believe, I truly believe to this day, uh, God was, stabilizing me through a yeah. series of things that he was showing me that he was in my life. Yeah. Uh, things that, you know, you couldn't put your finger on it and say, well, yeah, I got a brand new car. Right. Like it wasn't stuff like that. It wasn't, it wasn't things like that. It was things only to me would be significant. Well, a lot of things are, are like, um, God has to prepare you yeah. to get into yeah. a specific place. Yeah. Because for instance, if, he blessed us with everything that all of our desires right. for, well, there are a couple things we wouldn't have put forth any effort. And I say this all the time. There's strength. There's strength. There's growth in the struggles. Yeah. So, um, when do you turn to God the most? Oh, when, when you're down. You're, yeah. Yeah. Always, you know, when everything's going, if God blessed you immediately with everything that you desired, and your life was perfect and no problems or anything, uh, we would be like the Israelites. Yeah. We would just turn our backs and be like, Hey, we're going to do a thing. And then the next time we talk, we turn to God would be when we're in a bad position again. Yeah. So that's why he has to, like you said, stabilize us. He has to give and take and, and, and show us and grow us, you know, so we can handle the blessings when we get the blessings. Yeah. Those, uh, the times that God was reassuring me that I was a child of his, that's the way I should have explained it. I was being, and I can see that now I was being reassured 
that I had turned that turning my life over to Christ would not go without uh, merit and grace from Him. Right. So, you know, it, it, I can't even. It, we don't even have the episode long enough to talk about that. But for me, it happened shortly that I could recognize it. I did. It took longer for me to realize it. Does that make sense? Like I could see it, but I couldn't. I didn't attribute the heartfelt relationship with him until yeah. I committed and yeah. I was obedient and I sacrificed and submitted right. right to him, to the things that he deserved. Yeah. Like I didn't, I could see it in front of me, but I didn't realize those things were happening for me uh, for, in the heart because I was too busy trying to put the stuff in my head. Right. Right. So once I stopped trying to put all that stuff in my head to get, you know, what do I got to do? I got to make, how do I make this right? How do I learn as much as I can? Yeah. Uh, I stopped doing that. And that's what people, I think, I think, how do you spend your time? A lot of people will, well, I do this. They they have an itemized list that they can read yeah. off of. These are all the things I do. Right. It's not necessarily about you. You said before, sometimes just attitude. Yeah. And, and you don't have to, you don't have to quantify it by, you know, well, I'm sure somebody saw me in Walmart today acting like a Christian. Right. Right. Like you don't have to quantify that. If you're just out behaving in a way that would make uh, God proud, bring glory back to God, you don't have to keep track of that. Absolutely. And it's actually interesting that you brought that up because um, it doesn't matter if anyone sees you or not. Right. God sees you. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you tell the truth or not to somebody and they catch you. Well, you know, there's people like that. God knows that you lied. You know, you will answer for that. So that's, that's one reason I don't get caught up in a bunch of, oh, this person's doing this, this person's doing that or whatever, or whatever they've done to me. It doesn't matter if they, if a person has offended me. Yeah. Because I'm just, I'm a human, whatever. What are we really? Yeah. Um, More importantly, did that person offend God? They need to be thoughtful of that. Yeah. The, I, I'm the least of your problems. Whatever. Um, right. Like, yeah, yeah you I'm, better check yourself with, with him, not me. I'm totally irrelevant. <laughs> right. So, yeah. We're nothing yeah. but a vapor. Yeah, Who cares? Exactly. Uh, I think, I think too, though, uh, you have to be careful uh, if you were doing things in a works based manner in order to be recognized or to, or to uh, advertise what you're doing for God. That, I mean, that's dangerous. You have to be careful. Yeah. And I'm not saying that there, I mean, there are people like that, but whatever I'll say, I want to say two things. One was the truth is important. It's very important to talk about the truth, especially we, we get too caught up. I saw this interesting thing on, on TV the other day. Uh, Are we offended to offend? Right. We get too offended to, well, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt that person's feelings or they're going to think I'm too this or too right. that. Right. You know, we, yeah. we worry too much about that. If we bring things to people, uh, of God, there's really, it's not an offense. It's the truth. Like we're sharing the truth with them, something. So don't be afraid, uh, you know, if you could help somebody and disciple them, it's not pointing out what they're not doing. It's pointing out what they're missing by doing. Yeah. Being in that relationship. Yeah. I know I take a long time to get some places, That's all but, good. but we get too hung up on what somebody isn't doing uh, or doing right. Uh, 
compared to, uh, or according to them, when we should be focused more on what they're doing uh, in their relationship or how they could have a relationship with God. And I saw that when I had the conversation with my in-laws, man, I took the opportunity when they asked me to have that conversation with them because I wanted somebody to have that conversation with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I missed that. I didn't have that. Yeah. I had my brother in the beginning uh, and I would call him all the time. And you know, you know, I hope he listens to this. I doubt he does, but I'm so mad at him now. Like he doesn't take my calls. Like he, you know, I know he phone disses me. I called him the other day. I was working on an electrical project. I said, I told Ashley, I said, Hey, watch, he won't answer the phone. I called him. He didn't answer the phone. So she was like, well, you don't know if he's busy. I sent him his brother. Right. I'm his only brother. Yeah. So I said, watch this. So I called him back. (laughs) I called him back. And he's like, yeah. I said, dude, don't be too busy to take my call. Right. Right. Like I'm not calling you to check what color your eyes are still. Like I need help. (laughs) He's like, so, so what do you need help with? But anyway, so that my point is when they, when, when my mother-in-law asked me to have that conversation, I know how important that conversation is because I needed that conversation. I've had those conversations with you Yeah, and that you can never have enough conversations about God. No period. There's just not enough. No. Uh, and the problem is I think we limit ourselves and the time thing. Uh, if you think you're doing enough for God, ask yourself, has he done enough for you? We could never do enough to repay all that. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's the, so. I think of that sometimes when I'm like, man, I'm I really don't feel like reading. Man, today. I've been, I've been to church four hours and 10 minutes this week. <laughs> Daggone. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, Wow. Yeah. Like I think to myself, man, I'm not even worthy. No, not at all. You know, that scripture about uh to loosen the the ratchets on his sandals. I'm not worthy. Like I'm not even worthy. The guy that did the, that, the I'm latchets. not even yeah. the latchets, right? Oh, what yeah. did I say? Ratchets? Yeah. But I'm not John. worthy for the guy that even did that. Yeah. Like I'm not even worthy for that. Absolutely. But we put ourselves in such a place, man, that we're like, well, I don't have time to do that. Yeah. You don't? I I look back like, what? And this is very interesting. And it's just along the same lines. Um, You know, there are people that go to churches. They've been going there for 10 years. And then a new person comes in and they look down on that person because they believe that they have arrived and they wonder why the new person is not understanding or getting it. But they don't take the time. They won't take their time, their valuable, yeah. precious time to go talk to somebody about, Hey, you know, is there any, something you need help with? Are you struggling with anything? Uh, um, let's pray. Let's get together and do, you know, Bible study or, or whatever to encourage growth. Um, Man, you're, you're so right on. And there's, and that's in life too, not just in church. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's elitist, yeah. In everything, you're like, yeah, we're gonna sit up here on our on our on our pedestal, and uh, all you guys are failing, but we we can't tell you how not to fail. Yeah, it's a it's, because you're beneath us. So you know when you establish that relationship with God, when you establish it through prayer and the Word of God, uh, 
when you're in that, those things are insignificant. When the, that, those people's behaviors are insignificant. Yeah. They don't, they don't, nothing will compare to that relationship you have with God, uh, family problems, health issues, uh, professional or work-related concerns. All of those things are insignificant yeah. when your relationship with God is the most important thing in your life. Right. They're all insignificant. Yeah, they trip us up once in a while. And we like to go over there and strangle choke somebody and slap them across the face and be like, hey, dummy, like you think you're better than everybody else. But in in our minds, when we think about that, it's insignificant, man. When I truly when and listen, you know me, man, I get I I say I get a temper, but I get I get wound up a little bit sometimes. And when I think about. It's not about should I act more like Christ? That's not what I think about. I think about all the things that God has done and how much of an insignificant part I am in reality of letting that guy's behavior bother me. Right. Because it's, it's not about that. My sole, sole responsibility right now is to bring glory to the kingdom of God. Right. That's it. It isn't, it isn't retaliating or calling that guy out, even though it would feel amazing. Yeah. It's not about pointing this issue out or that. It's about knowing you're called for God and his purpose and being obedient to it and bringing glory to him. That's it. There's nothing else. It's not this guy's attitude. It's not that guy. It's not, uh, oh, my yeah. problems are this. That's the that's the role. Yeah. That's the role. Well, you know, um, and I, I said this the other day, meekness is is power under control. It's not weakness, like you said. Um, you know, so yeah. I, I used to, it was very important for me that people didn't, re, um, treat me like I was unintelligent. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. Absolutely not. But it was important to me when I actually got something, it irritated me when somebody's like, yeah, you're just not getting it. <laughs> because I got it. I understand what you're, I understand right. what you're trying to right. say, right. but I'm not a sheeple and you're not going to lead me by the, you know, I'm not, a, you know, right. going to be led around by the ring in my nose or whatever. Um, point being, I don't know, even know where I was going. I don't either. You scared me from it. Yeah. I got, getting all like hot. So anyway, um, it, it bothered me when people didn't acknowledge that I knew what they were getting. And that's cool. But now I've realized. Right. Right. It doesn't matter. Nope. People can underestimate me all day long because I know what I know. And yeah. I didn't, I don't know what I know because I read it in a book and some man told me I got it because I know that because I read it in the Bible and the Holy Spirit revealed it to me. Yeah. Yeah. The, the premise of how do we spend our time, uh, uh, specifically pointing back to this topic for this or the title for this episode is that we know that a lack of, and in this, I wanted to make this point in the beginning, but it wouldn't have even made sense. The idle hands are the devil's workshop. Yeah. Yeah. Is that if you will take any time that you're idle, that you feel can be turned over to the devil and you'll replace it with God. You won't have that problem. Yeah. It just won't happen. And that doesn't mean like every, you know, you don't get a time to just kind of sit and, but if listen, 
you know, and I'm not trying to guild somebody or shame somebody into something. I, you know, you're you do you. Yeah. But I will say this. Sometimes I sit and think, and I'm like, man, if I could just get 10 minutes, 10 minutes to do. And then I'm like, I'm like, man, like, it's not about my selfishness. Right. Like he, he is owed that from me. I'm the, listen, I made the decision to turn my life over to Christ. I could have been living the same way. Like I could have, I could have just said, yeah, whatever. Like I'm going to live the same way. And that's not, it's not the way it works. Right. And you know, I don't spend my time reading the Bible and praying 24 hours a day. Well, I don't know. I I, I don't. Um, But I was going to say, I don't do those things for the benefits but the benefits of doing those things are amazing. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's what amazing. I'm saying. Like, yeah. So do you yeah. want to spend an hour watching porn or do you want to spend an hour in your Bible learning about the miracles of Jesus Christ? Yeah. Right. And the which lives is, they change. Which is going to prepare you for eternity. Yeah. You're going to spend eternity somewhere. Yeah. And, the uh, truth. you know, we, we need to spend our time on our knees praying. Yeah. Uh, because and praying to Jesus because he is not an elitist. He will, he accepts everyone when they call out to him. Uh, man, man made religion. There are a lot of elitists in there. Yeah. And um, spend time in the Bible. All yeah. the, uh, every, the answer to every problem that we have is in the Bible. Every question, not it's just the, the problem. It, just exactly. Every, every question. It's the most amazing book ever. It's God's living word. And there's a reason yeah. that's called that. Um, share the gospel uh, with somebody. Uh, share your testimony with somebody. Be an encouragement to somebody. I know we get on some hot uh, spinoffs on here. and <laughs> And it's not because we're angry about anything and and it we're passionate very passionate i will tell you this i'm very passionate about the time that people spend in a relationship with god versus religion yeah i'm very passionate about that because for a long time i was i was swindled hulued uh blinded to religion and i'm not saying religion's bad i'm just saying i was blinded to that fact for a long time until i until i discovered the relationship with god yeah that supersedes Absolutely everything in your life, period. It'll supersede everything. Um, anyways, so find, find, take a look, uh, self-evaluate what you're spending your time on, how you spend your time, see how much time you're given to God. Uh, if you're not saved, reach out to us. If you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, reach out to us uh, or find somebody that can help you uh, yeah. understand what eternal salvation in Jesus Christ is. Pick a church. Yeah. Research it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you don't have to ask the preacher why you should go to that church, but you need to make sure that you answer that question. Yeah. You should before know why you go there. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's an important decision because the preacher will tell you whatever reason he wants to tell you why you should be there, but you got to know for yourself that you're in the right place. Yeah. I watched this thing yesterday and we'll cut it off. I watched this thing yesterday. It was from seven years ago. Uh, from a, 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 a well-known pastor, very well-known pastor. I wouldn't call him a, uh, what are the, a mega church pastor. He was not, is not, he right. still, he still is a pastor of a church, does a lot of apologetic stuff. I will tell you, he said this yesterday to, a, uh, well, I watched it yesterday. He said it seven years ago. 
he said this to a group of up and coming missionaries, evangelists, and uh, church planters. He mm-hmm. had this uh, I don't know, symposium or whatever it was. He said, he's I'm going to tell it to you like it is because nobody else is going to. Right. And then years from now, hopefully you'll tell it like it is because nobody else will. He said, attendance is going to be the most important thing in your church. Yeah. He said, attendance is good. That is the whole reason you will go to church every day is to bring people in. Right. He said, it's what you do with it right then that makes the difference. Yeah. Period. Can I name the person? I mean... Do I know the person you're talking about? I think so. Yeah, probably so. It sounds like something I would listen to. Oh, I don't know then. <laughs> nah, his name is it's, uh, Jeff Durbin. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't the same person, was it? No, yeah. it wasn't, but it was good. It's close. I didn't quote him specifically, but that's one of the things that he, uh, that's what he said in essence. Yeah. Uh, and it's true. Uh, so think about what you're doing with your time uh, and make sure it's valuable in the eyes of God. It, it actually shouldn't be about how many seats are in, how many butts are in the seats. I think that was his point specifically. It be, yeah. It should be about that's how many souls. Are, yeah. That's what people are being told. Yeah. It right? should be about how many souls are going. He to doesn't, he does not believe that anybody that has listened to him does not believe that uh, about him. Yeah. Man, I'll tell you, I've watched, uh, several of these things. There's people that aren't fans. I'm a fan. I love what he does, how, what his message is, yeah. uh, what he stands behind. And I'll tell you, and, and I probably messed that up. I'll put a link of the video in. You have to watch it. It's an amazing 45 minute, uh, right. Thing that he did in front of people, but it was good. Uh, anyways, Good deal. Any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback, don't get in touch with us. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Alan, phone number? 352-214-5062. Um, having trouble with my voicemail right now. I don't know what's up. If you've called, I haven't answered. I know you can't leave voicemail, but text me, and yeah. I will give you a call back. Yeah, reach out on email something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know we didn't make a whole lot of, I didn't make a whole lot of sense of this. You, you never do. Through parts of this, but hey, that's who I am. It's all good. <laughs> all right, have a blessed day. So that's it for this episode. We're glad you listened and hope you'll come back. Visit www.graceworks.net to listen to past episodes, read our daily devotions, or provide feedback. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, send us a message through Instagram, Facebook, or our website. And if these episodes have been an encouragement to you in any way, please share them. Have a blessed day.